Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny what is up guys sophie here back with another topic if you are new then don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification bell so you can stay updated on all of my content and also don't forget to share this video if you care and to check the description box because i always put a lot of stuff in there specifically my book for single women and also this book played or be played which i'm going to be teaching from today um it does have a little bit of foul language in it but i still feel like it's a lot of good information in there so you could check the description box for the link on that anyway this is actually a series i will link the first video that i did um of this because this is about identifying different types of men so basically you need to know you know women have a hard time trying to identify the men that approach them because just because a man approaches you does not necessarily mean that they're a good man a lot of the times you need to be able to weed out the bad men and see through their intentions and so to me a lot of ways is that you could just understand the different types of men so what we're going to be getting to in this one are the professionals and like I said this is from the book and so just to give you an idea of what the professional brothers is according to the author it says that he is usually well-educated guy who is articulate and goal-oriented he is usually a super suit and tie type of guy who is used to the finer things in life and so ideally when we talk about the professional brothers this sounds like something that we want however <laughs> Um, some of the stuff that I'm going to read in here is something definitely that I agree with because a lot of women just seem to think like, oh, just because he is a professional, um, or he looks good on paper, then that necessary, then that means that he's a good man for me. And that's just necessarily not the case because I feel like a lot of women, it can get you hanging on to men who you think have potential just because of who they are on paper when in actuality their behavior towards you is not something that you would take on for a relationship or they might not treat you as well or they might be a player or whatever the case may be, right? So let's get into it. The bougie player is the first one that he mentions and it says that he usually comes across snobby, higher than mighty, and he feels that his educational background makes him superior to others around him. It says this type of guy is his own biggest fan and he will take great delight in bragging about his accomplishments. You will hear him saying something like, I got my master's degree at Harvard or I just purchased a new Lexus and so on and, and so forth. It says that this man is an extreme narcissist and it would be hard to convince him that he's not the center of the universe. I feel like this is probably one of the guys that we mistake on good men for paper when, when in all actuality, they're complete narcissists because I have, or I feel like narcissists is overused. We could say they have narcissistic tendencies, right? And so I, I know that for me, this is, was an issue that I used to have. And I feel like a lot of women have. It's like I said, sometimes they sink their teeth into a man who gives the appearance that he's a good man. And in an all actuality, he might have narcissistic tendencies, right? And so I have definitely been out on a date with a guy. This was, you know, he was getting his PhD. I was getting my PhD. And he definitely had the characteristics of this because on the date, he was like, oh, I have a Range Rover. I have a house. I 
I want to take you to Hawaii. I mean, just all of these things to brag about who he was. And really, this is just to get you into the chase by saying, oh, I'm such a good man. Look at what I have. Look at what I can offer you. And therefore, you need to chase me. And a lot of the times, this is under the guise that if you enter into this by saying, oh, he's a good man. He feels like he could just do anything, treat you any type of way because it's all about him. And he's the one deserving to be chased because of what he has. And therefore, you're not really getting anything out of the relationship. The only thing that you're doing is just, you know, chasing him. And I want to tell a story specific to this. I once had a friend who was in a relationship with a guy like this quote unquote relationship, right? And she was paying his mortgage because she felt like, oh, his house is nice and that's a future investment for us. But it's like, it's not really because you don't live there yet. You're not his wife, nor does he have intentions of making you his wife because it's like this guy just felt like, oh, well, I can play women and I can get things that I, you know, get them to do things and all in hopes of bagging me one day as their future husband when in all actuality, they just intend on like playing you, right? All right, so let's get into the next one. It is called the Married Mac. And honestly, I feel like this guy is more prevalent because like I said, I did a video and I will link it down in the description box for women who mess with married men. And also I wrote a blog on it and that is one of my popular blogs. And so it just amazes me how many women get stuck into these relationships with married men, right? But most importantly, I want, I want to read this so that a lot of women need to understand what goes on behind the mindset of a married man because oftentimes they feel like, oh, well, me investing in this married man went, means that I'm going to steal him from his wife. And it's like, no, not necessarily, right? And so, and probably not most times, but here is what it says. The married Mac was once a teenage player and I have what the teenage player is in my last video um, that I'm going to link down below in part one, who upgraded his game as he got older. It says, as I said before, when we were talking about the teenage player, it says that he doesn't have anything usually to offer women but when he gets out of college gets a real career going he is usually in his mid to late 20s and at this point he can get a nicer car nicer clothes nicer crib now that he has some bargaining chips he now has um, options for getting different types of females it says now that he has become a professional brother he is starting to get play from women who didn't even give him play before so he decides that he is going to stay married but live a double life and has have his fun with other women on the side and see this is what I'm talking about when it comes to the mindset of the married man it's like if he decides to cheat on you that just basically means that you are fun and that you are an option for for him and even he can tell you oh things are not going well with my wife and come up with all these different types of lies because plenty of married men have tried to holler at me this is like how normal it, it, it is so you could kind of tell their game and all this from a mile away but see that's why you don't need to fall into it because more than likely he's going to stay with his family anyway and you're just going to be a side piece for however long he wants you to be or however long that you allow it and I also think that this is kind of why I advocate that you know finding an equally yoked person and maybe even getting married you know somewhat later in life because I do feel like you have a secure sense of who you are when you do get married because sometimes when you get married young you don't know who you are and then once you kind of settle in your place in life you find out hey maybe the person that I married when I was like 20 we don't have anything in common anymore. So this is why I say, you know, I wasn't ready to be anybody's wife at 20 something years old. But a, a lot of the times we can't resent necessarily getting older before we get married because a lot of the times we learn stuff in life 
And that way, you know, we fe- we don't feel any sort of regret about who we married um, because we didn't really know ourselves and we just leaped into that decision when we were so young instead of just, you know, waiting and knowing who we are and knowing how to find a partner that is more like equally yoked to who we are as a full grown adult, if that makes sense. So now we're gonna get into the sugar daddy. And this once again is amazing to me how many men will like offer to be like your sugar daddy. I, that is not something that I personally promote, but I also think that some women think that this is like cute, like this is certain, that's ideal. Like I said in my, are you looking, are you being a gold digger? Are you looking for, for a provider video? And I will link that down below. As I said in that video, like to me, wanting a provider is somebody long-term, somebody I'm marrying, somebody I could build a foundation with. When it comes to just wanting a sugar daddy, yeah, you might get your bills paid for the moment, but it's not like it's any long-term real relationship that could provide you stability, you know, for your future kids and that sort of thing. So to me, that's why I kind of feel like a sugar daddy relationship is pointless, but let's get into it. It says the sugar daddy is like the married Mac, but on a different level, most married Macs are between the ages of 26 and 35. Most sugar daddies are between the ages of 40 and 45. Most married Macs have women on the side for recreational purposes, but the sugar daddy has women on the side for control purposes. The sugar daddy feels a sense of power by having his chicks on the side dependent upon him. His professional attitude and sense of establishment are what draws women to him. Um, the most common occupation for a sugar daddy is a car salesman, really. Um, for women who didn't have father figures in their life and are attracted to sugar daddies, all these women like competition of trying to take the married man away from his wife. The sugar daddy uses a facade of generosity to lure women into his trap. Many women who go for sugar daddies are fast life type of women, such as women who are used to manipulating men. And a lot of females like to think that they are getting over on the sugar daddy because he is showering them with gifts. But as the seasoned sugar daddy will up the ante by giving his woman a car in his name and an apartment in his name, and he will keep giving her these things until she becomes totally dependent on him. And then I'm skipping around but I thought that this was interesting and it says sometimes the chicks on the side will try to get her sugar daddy to invest in a business that she is trying to start up which he doesn't he knows that she has a shelf life and when she begins to, to be too much or a bur- of a burden and when the sex get plays out he simply replaces her with another chick on the side and actually this is something that I wholeheartedly agree with which is why I kind of think like sometimes and I have um, a video on the hypergamy, which I talk about, can Christians be hypergamous? But I think that sometimes there is some bad hypergamous advice. It is what it is that kind of tells women to just kind of be, you know, be, be whatever or accept whatever and all to get money. But I kind of feel like that is when you're putting yourself in more of a sugar baby scenario. And this is why I always say, you know, you need to build something on your own because the moment that you don't build something on your own and, uh, or you become reliant upon that man, then he could just feel like he could just jerk you around put you in put you out and take you everywhere you know whenever he feels like it because you don't because if you leave you don't have any money and you don't have a home and you don't have a car um because that's the level that some of 
this gets into. And some women think that they're winning, but they're not because you don't have anything for yourself. And all his antics is as a control mechanism and you don't feel, and it's like you're not allowed to kind of thrive in what you were meant to thrive in. It's fine to look for a man that is a provider, right? But don't get sucked into, oh, I'm doing everything because I feel like he has money and I feel like he's a provider. And now I just become, you know, a glorified sex slave in his eyes just because I feel like I can't let this man go because look at all the stuff that he gives me. You know what I mean? And so we're going to get into the last one. It is the evil genius who is the professional who feels he doesn't receive enough positive affirmations for his work. This constant lack of appreciation and lack of power caused the evil genius to become bitter and frustrated. When certain men acquire a lot of knowledge, they don't utilize that knowledge in a constructive manner. The knowledge often turns into negative energy. We often hear the term knowledge is power, but this is not quite true. It's the same thing with men who have acquired a lot of knowledge, but who have no constructive outlets to use that knowledge. The problem with many evil geniuses is that they spent their years perfecting their academic skills, but they rarely take the time to brush up on their social skills. And this inability to connect with others is usually a root of evil genius, social failures, and lack of power. Intelligent men who are socially prowless are some of the most dominant cheaters when they feel they can't be a dominant force in society they always revert to dominating a woman I mean dang um I know that that sounds like dang well when will I ever encounter a man like this but honestly I have encountered them before I know you may think that it's crazy but I feel like men like these are too smart for their own good you know what I mean it's like you can't even have a conversation with them because every conversation they feel like they need to outperform you or outsmart you or it's always a a debate like it's like you can't have a normal conversation and they're always like a know-it-all like you could give a suggestion or you could say something and they're like "Uh uh-uh because I know best I know and then it can become very argumentative I feel like those are probably the type of men that he's talking about because they kind of get off on manipulating women some of them may gaslight like those sort of things because maybe they feel like oh I can use my intelligence to kind of outsmart her and why men want to outsmart the woman that they're with I I don't ever get that. I always feel like when men do this is some deep rooted issue somewhere within you where you feel like you need to take out your aggression on on one woman that probably did you wrong way back when, you know what I mean, on all women. So I kind of feel like men, that's what happened to men like these. And now they have put their mind space into kind of treating women bad simply because they feel like they can. I don't know if that makes sense. All right. So I actually think this is super fun. I hope that you guys thought that it was fun too don't forget to give me a thumbs up and share this video don't forget to check the description box and i will talk to you guys another day another time bye y'all